BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. And friends, thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Just before we get to our main guest and topic for today, as we speak right now, this very moment, in Washington, D.C., there is a massive March for Israel event going on. Uh, Tens of thousands are there, news media reporting. Organizers saying as many as 100,000 were expected to turn out for this. A very historic crowd is there showing support for Israel, demanding the release of the hostages held by Hamas, and to condemn the anti-Semitism sweeping through the country. Uh, Standing by on the phone right now in Washington, D.C. is Randy Melchert. Uh, Randy, uh, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. And I'd like you to uh, give a report uh, sharing with us what you're observing there. Well, good afternoon, Jim. It's been 39 days since over 240 people were kidnapped by Hamas on October 7th including nine American citizens and among them a three-year-old child. As you mentioned, the permit for the March for Israel on the National Mall was for 100,000 people, but it looks to be much, much more than that. In mm. fact, uh, we're seeing some reports of uh, 200,000 or more, making this one of, the, one of the largest rallies that's been held in recent years here. In fact, we've even heard that the National Guard has been called in to assist the multitude of federal law enforcement agencies. As this has been designated a Tier 1 security event. From the stage at 4th Street, right in front of the U.S. Capitol, stretching down to the Washington Monument, Uh, many, many Jewish organizations from across the country, as well as Christian allies, have gathered to march for Israel and to free the hostages. Uh, Those who were there in attendance, we heard gripping accounts. An Iranian Jew had to flee their homeland, but is so thankful for the freedom of America and is praying for the continued freedom here of this country. The shouts of bring them home from the children and grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. We also heard from the President of Israel, live from Jerusalem. In addition, uh, Natan Sharansky is, was condemning the rise in anti-Semitism at the allegedly tolerant Ivy League colleges. All day long here in D.C., we've seen hundreds of chartered buses. In fact, this morning, flying here from Milwaukee, uh, packed flights of, of groups coming here to stand and march for Israel. Posters identify the hometowns of many of those here. And interestingly, very interestingly, we've seen posters that proclaim, we need Messiah now. This is Randy Melchard reporting live from Washington, D.C. Randy, I want to also thank you for that. And I just want to uh, make mention as well, speaking at this event in support of Israel, we we have uh, diverse speakers, House Speaker Mike Johnson and then Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Senator Johnny Ernst, and others. Uh, uh, so really a, a diverse number of lawmakers standing side by side with Israel. It's been uh, labeled a very bipartisan event. Uh, Israel needs all the allies they can get. Uh, many, many times throughout the day, they reference that they have friends on both sides of the aisle. They appreciate all their friends. This, In fact, even the, the range of Jewish groups from uh, liberal theological groups to conservative ones, they're realizing that this is a time to all stand together for Israel. Wow. Randy, thank you so much for the, the special report there. You're in D.C. for a ministry trip here for VCY, and uh, this was scheduled after your event uh, was uh, planned, and uh, thank you so much for the report. You're welcome. That was Randy Melchert, uh, live in Washington, D.C., with a report on the March for Israel, a rally in support of Israel. Well, ladies and gentlemen, as you read through the Scriptures, you'll find that there is absolute certainty that Jesus Christ will return. It's proclaimed all throughout the Bible. God has given us many prophecies about this wonderful event to provide us hope. Paul wrote to Titus, as recorded in Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. As our world is rapidly descending deeper and deeper into deception, rebellion, evil, wickedness, lawlessness, and darkness, friends, we can rest in peace and with confidence that not only is God in control, but also that righteousness will prevail in the end. The difficult thing, though, is that many of us know this in our head, but we get caught up in looking at all the headlines, at all the evil, all the corruption in this world, and it leads many down the pathway of despair. So today, as you listen to Crosstalk, 
we're going to tell you about a resource that will help encourage you day by day to keep your eyes on the Lord as we await His return. Joining us today, we welcome Steve Miller. He's a longtime editor of Bible Prophecy Resources, four decades in the Christian publishing industry. He's the author of several books, including Four Shadows, Twelve Mega Clues That Jesus' Return Is Nearer Than Ever, and he has just released a new 365-day devotional entitled One Day Nearer, Daily Devotions in Anticipation of Jesus' Glorious Return. Steve, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you, Jim. Thank you for the invitation to be with you and your audience today, especially in these very momentous times. And, and Steve, I, I'm sure that you'll agree with me that uh, this world is in a rapid freefall. It is falling apart. And just as you said uh, a few moments ago, hope is something that we need. And there's one thing that Bible prophecy can give us. It's hope. Uh, hope is the grand theme of Bible prophecy because it helps us to focus on Christ and remember that the whole uh, theme, one of the major themes of Bible prophecy, is Christ coming, His first coming to save us, to redeem us, bring us back into relationship with God, and His second coming to restore the world, to restore righteousness, to uh, exercise justice, and to make things as He originally intended them to be. Mm -hmm. So the constant theme all through Scripture, we focus on Christ, and the theme is hope, the wonderful hope that we have ahead of us. And, Steve, this decline that we're seeing in darkness right now and, and really utter rebellion against God, it really should not take believers by surprise, though, should it? It shouldn't take a believer by surprise. Um, scripture is so replete with examples of humanity's evil, how far mankind has fallen. Uh, there is no righteousness in us. There is no one who is good, not one. And yet, at the same time, as we look at what's happening, we see what Hamas did in Israel back on October 7th, and we see the riots and protests that are uh, pro-Hamas around the world and the violence that accompanies it. It's almost like we're seeing a new level of violence, a new level of evil that we could never imagine. Mm -hmm. But as you say, it shouldn't surprise us, because... Sin separated man from God. And when we're separated like that, uh, we have nothing within us to motivate us to righteousness. Uh, we are completely evil. We are completely separated from Him uh, in ways that prevents us from being able to be righteous or good. But yes, it should not surprise us. So do you agree that believers in Christ can be distracted by the freefall that the world is in, feel the, the heavy weight of these times, and even feel that sense of despair? Yes, I believe so. Um, it's easy to get caught up, even unintentionally, mm -hmm. in the narratives of the world. The world has its way of looking at things. The world has its own perspectives about uh, what is right and what's not. And the world is filled with compromise on so many issues. And these compromises uh, work their way into the church. Uh, the narratives, for example, of... Uh, what we see right now happening in the Middle East, the narrative of uh, Israel is unjust, Israel is not right to defend itself against Hamas, uh, that the Palestinians have been underprivileged and taken advantage of, and that type of thing. Uh, while we should have a sympathy for the Palestinian plight, the world's understanding of what has actually happened and the history there is all off and it's all wrong, and they don't have a scriptural view of righteousness, they don't have a scriptural view of Israel, they don't have a scriptural view of uh, the history there. So it's easy for us to, as we listen to the world, to, to be distracted by it in ways that we might not intend. But uh, again, this is why it's so important for us to be rooted in the Word, mm -hmm. so that we do have truth at our disposal, and truth is the grid through which we interpret world events, and it keeps us on track. So, Ants, we have this new devotional you've just authored, just released, One Day Nearer, Daily Devotions in Anticipation of Jesus' Glorious Return. Uh, what, what was your motivation? You've been on this project for some time, long before this invasion into, into Israel by Hamas. What motivated you to write this book? My main motivation was that there are so many Christians who, unfortunately, hold Bible prophecy at arm's length. They're hesitant to read it, they're hesitant to take time to study it. 
they find it mysterious, they think it's confusing, there's the common perception that it's difficult to understand, and unfortunately there are a lot of debates about Bible prophecy, what it means, how we're to interpret the future, and so Christians have a tendency to say, well, I don't want to be involved in controversy, I don't think I'm smart enough or I can know enough to be able to figure out what Bible prophecy is saying, so maybe I should just not study it or I should not look at it. But what I'm trying to do in the book is to show that God placed prophecy in the Bible for a reason. At the time Scripture was written, more than one-fourth of Scripture was prophetic in nature. And God has it there for a reason. He has a purpose. In Revelation 1-3, we read that uh, those who read the book of Revelation will be blessed. And if we keep in mind that Revelation is based on prophecies all through Scripture, there is a sense in which we can say, when we read Bible prophecy, we are blessed. And we are, because... Mm -hmm. Bible prophecy helps us to understand God better. Bible prophecy helps us to focus on Christ more. The more we know about God, the more we know about Christ, the closer we draw to them. So, Scripture is meant, uh, Bible prophecy is meant to give us hope. It's meant to uh, give us clarity in a time of despair. Steve Miller with us here today on Crosstalk. He's written the devotional One Day Nearer Daily Devotions in Anticipation of Jesus' Glorious Return. And one thing about reading through this devotional, it's it's just not that occasional reminder, Steve. You're giving us a daily reminder through the devotional for that particular day. And and that really really instills in us not despair, but but hope, peace, and confidence. Yes, uh, that was my intent. I really wanted to communicate to people that there is a strong, positive element to Bible prophecy. So many people look at Bible prophecy as mysterious, but actually we should look at Bible prophecy as marvelous. Bible prophecy helps us to look up. It helps us to remind us of the future we have ahead of us. It helps us to remember that God is in control. It helps us to keep a focus on Christ, because Christ is at the center of all Bible prophecy. He is the center of all Bible prophecy. Uh, so give us an overview of this day-by-day devotional, One Day Nearer. Well, the book is basically broken down into two parts. The first part of the book, the first hundred or so devotion, looks at how we can live wisely in these last days. What principles do we need to know for living well as time is short? And so there's scripture passages that talk about how we can use our time well, how we can live wisely. Then the second part of the book, the last 260 devotions, looks at Bible prophecy from the book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. And the intent there is to back up, to look at Bible prophecy with a bird's eye view and get the grand scope of God's prophetic plan for the ages and how it unfolded bit by bit as we move forward through Scripture and how all of that, uh, all of his promises, all of his prophecies, how he planned all that out uh, to uh, send Christ at his first coming to save us, to redeem us, to bring us back into relationship with him, and then his plans for his second coming in which he will make all things right again. And then all along the way, all through each prophecy uh, that we look at, each devotion we look at, I try to bring it down to a daily practical application for us. What can we learn? What can we value? Uh, How can prophecy help us? And uh, friends, that's what you'll find in the book, One Day Nearer. We're going to take a a one-minute break. We'll be back to discuss this devotional further and also share with you how you can obtain a copy of this book. Stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, was the extinction of dinosaurs caused by an asteroid hitting the Earth? Chris, this is a favorite evolutionary claim that some 65 million years ago, an asteroid smashed into the Earth and sent the dinosaurs into extinction. But did you know that a lot of evolutionists deny this? Some are now saying that the dinosaurs were already going into extinction before the asteroid hit. You see, it's really difficult to reconstruct unobserved history. But the Bible gives us the key. The Bible tells us that God created all the animals, including the dinosaurs, during creation week. Most of them were wiped out in the great flood of Noah's day, and the fossils are primarily those animals that died in the flood. Two of each kind survived on board Noah's ark, but many of them, of course, have gone extinct since then. You see, Chris, everything fits into the the back-to-Genesis view of history. 
Thanks for joining us for Back to Genesis. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. With us today, we have Steve Miller, longtime editor of Bible Prophecy Resources, and has put together just a wonderful devotional entitled One Day Nearer. It's daily devotions in anticipation of Jesus' glorious return. Uh, Each day's devotional, just a a single page long, you'll find scripture referenced uh, in, in these as well. And Steve, the the first several devotionals actually address the purpose of Bible prophecy. So what is the intended purpose? Well, I think once we realize the purposes of Bible prophecy, it helps us to get more excited about it because of how we can benefit from it. Some of those purposes include to give us hope. We live in a dark and evil world. And can you imagine what it would be like if the Bible didn't include any prophecies that let us know that God has the future in hand and that we have a better future ahead someday mm-hmm. in heaven and eternity. So the purpose of prophecy is to give us hope, to let us know God has everything under control. He's going to restore righteousness. He's going to make things right, and victory is certain. Uh, another purpose is to give us an eternal focus. It helps to uh, set our hearts and our minds on eternity as we walk through this world. Uh, There are so many distractions around us and so many things that pull us down. And when we look to the future with Bible prophecy, we look to what God's promises about what lies ahead of us. That helps us through each day, looking ahead, looking up Mm -hmm. uh, with an eternal perspective, helps us get through the difficulties of today. Uh, Another purpose is to motivate us to purity. As we realize that we're going to be living in Christ's presence someday, that makes us realize, wow, we will be like him someday. That is one of God's purposes uh, in our life on earth, is to make us more Christ-like. And as we see that we're going to be living with him someday, that motivates us to purity. It uh, motivates us to uh, uh, change our lives and walk in his footsteps. Another purpose is to spur us to share the gospel. As we realize that time is running out and it's short, we realize we need to be out doing uh, the work of evangelism and sharing Christ with people and helping them become saved. And then another purpose, uh, one of my favorite, is to confirm that God is God. As we look at Bible prophecy, we see God is sovereign over all things that are happening in this world. It is He who raises up kingdoms and brings down kingdoms. It is He who brought Christ. It is He who uh, planned out Christ's death on the cross, His resurrection, so that we can be saved, and it is he who plans Christ's return in the future. Uh, all of this shows that God is in control, he's sovereign, he's all-powerful, he's all-wise, he's perfect, and he loves us. These are all purposes of Bible prophecy. And friends, you're going to find individual devotionals on each one of those intended purposes and really breaks it down further and looks at the scriptures in these. I, I, and I couldn't help but think of First John chapter 3, Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. And so, friends, as we live in anticipation of Christ's return, we, we, it should cause us to purity and, and, and to be more Christ-like. Uh, Steve, I, I like the devotional that you have on page 30, that uh, that we can wait with anticipation and not dread. We really do have something to look forward to, don't we? We do. And there's a story that I like to share with people sometimes when uh, we talk about what the future holds. There was a couple that my wife and I knew who the wife had serious uh, lung illness, and uh, it was basically to the point where she needed to have a lung transplant or she would die. And as the time grew closer to um, her lungs, it was a terminal condition. As the time grew closer to her possibly dying, the doctors warned her and her husband and said, you need to have your friends and family get together. We've not been able to find someone to give you a transplant yet. And so we would advise that you get together with family and, and say your farewell. And so everyone who met with her that month, uh, they met in grief and disappointment and despair and just, we're losing you. But during that month, a transplant candidate came up, and she was able to get the transplant that she needed. And uh, now she's alive, she's doing well, she's doing wonderful. And we look at that and we think, you know, if her friends and her family had known 
that the transplant was going to happen, mm-hmm. that would have changed our outlook on her and their, the, the, the nature of the time they had with her. Instead of being filled with despair and disappointment and sadness, it would have been filled with hope. And Bible prophecy does that. Bible prophecy uh, helps us to look ahead with anticipation and not to add. And it reminds us that the world we live in is temporary. Evil is temporary. Mm-hmm. What Satan has done to this world is temporary. Uh, God is going to do away with all that. Amen. We have eternity ahead of us, and Christ will return, and he will reign in his kingdom. That we have to look forward to. Amen. We sure do. Uh, so we're talking with Steve Miller here today. Uh, starting on page 33, you actually spend several devotionals on seven truths to remember as the world falls apart. And we see our world, I mean, we literally see this world falling apart all around us. We can't go, you know, word by word through these devotionals, but what are some of these important truths that that believers need to remember as this world does fall apart? Well, these were written at a time when a lot was going on in the world, and uh, it was very discouraging. And as I looked through the Scriptures, I thought, you know, Scripture is just filled with reminders for reasons we can have hope, even if the world falls apart. And basically, the truths are this. One, God is still in control. Mm. He does what He pleases. Nothing will stand against His counsel. What He desires to do will stand. Truth, two is that our victory has already been won. Christ went to the cross. He is resurrected. And uh, victory is certain. Because He is resurrected, we will be resurrected, too. Truth three is that the church will prevail. Christ will build his church. Nothing will uh, prevent that from happening. Mm-hmm. And we are part of the church. We have a wonderful future ahead of us as the bride of Christ. Truth four is that our mission has not changed. We are here to be lights to the world. And no matter how dark or bad things get, we're here for a purpose. And uh, truth five is that every Christian counts, including you. All of us are members of the body of Christ. God has a purpose for all of us. And we're reminded in the parable of the hundred sheep that the one that went astray, the uh, master went and found it, brought it back. Mm. And in that, we are reminded that all the angels of heaven rejoice, even when one sinner repents. And it shows that how instrumental we are, even when we help one person come to Christ, uh, it counts and it's important. Truth six is that God will empower us. Uh, he will take care of us. He will do uh, what he... Uh, he enables us. He enables us to do what we do for ministry. And truth seven is that heaven is our home. Earth is temporary. It's mm-hmm. not going to last. We have an eternal abode that we can look forward to. We'll be living with Christ forever. All of those are truths that lift us up and encourage us and remind us to keep our eyes upward and not downward on our worldly circumstances. And friends, don't you need something like that? Something that to, to lift our eyes heavenward, not to be derailed with all the circumstances in life that are going on. And that's what this devotional does. It's called One Day Nearer, Daily Devotions in Anticipation of Jesus' Glorious Return. Uh, all in all, with its introduction and so forth, just over 380 pages. It's, it's one page each day uh, for every day of the year. The days are not labeled, so you could get the book and start start today. But it, it's being featured this month as one of our bookstores, Book of the Month, and uh, it was uh, just released. Uh, the regular retail on this uh, massive book is nineteen ninety nine. However, however, through November 30th, our bookstore has worked out an arrangement with the publisher, and we're offering this book, the VCY Bookstore, at 50% off the regular price, just nine ninety nine plus any applicable tax and or shipping. Just, it's 50% off and reduced low enough where you can obtain multiple copies, wonderful Christmas gifts to give out to others. And uh, again, you don't even have to wait till January 1 to start the devotionals. You can start as soon as you receive it. Uh, if you'd like to obtain this, it's available through our bookstore 24-7 at vcy.com, vcy.com, or you may call one 722 Four eight two nine. That's one triple eight seven two two four eight two nine. If you miss that information, we'll give it just a little bit later in the broadcast. Uh, Steve, you've got three separate devotionals dealing with the resurrection: the resurrection of New Testament believers, the resurrection of Old Testament believers, and the resurrection of tribulation era believers. What's the difference between these? Well. The common perception has been that there's one general 
resurrection, just like the common perception is that there's just one general uh, judgment. But no, there are actually different resurrections. Uh, one of those resurrections is the rapture, which takes place before the tribulation. And in the rapture, in 1 Thessalonians 4, the Apostle Paul said, We do not wish you to be uninformed, brethren. And he walks uh, the believers in Thessalonica and us today through what will happen at the rapture. The dead in Christ will rise first, and those of us who are alive and remain on earth will be taken up to heaven and will be taken to uh, be with Christ himself. This is the first resurrection. It takes place before the uh, tribulation. Uh, there are scripture passages that talk about how we will not uh, face God's wrath, but rather we will be removed before God's wrath is poured out on the earth, and that includes 1 Thessalonians 1.10, 1 Thessalonians 5.9, and Revelation 3.10. All of those talk about how uh, we are not destined for wrath, but rather uh, we will be taken up in the rapture. Then there is another resurrection after the tribulation in which the uh, Old Testament saints will be resurrected, and that's talked about in the book of Daniel. And then the final resurrection will be the resurrection that takes place before the uh, great white throne judgment, where unbelievers will be taken up from the grave, and uh, people small and great, people of all backgrounds, no one will be able to escape this judgment. This will be the judgment where the books are open, and uh, people are uh, judged according to their deeds because because they did not receive Christ and they do not have Christ's uh, righteous work on the cross standing on their behalf. They have to be judged on the basis of uh, their lives. And because uh, no one is righteous, they will be condemned. So there are three different resurrections. Uh, and uh, the, the joy for us as believers is that the first resurrection... Uh, all church-age believers, including us, will be taken up. We will uh, not be a part of God's wrath on earth during the tribulation. And uh, that's just something exciting for all of us to know that God cares about us. We will not face his wrath. Christ faced his wrath for us, and uh, we have the eternity of uh, uh, living in his presence with joy. Yeah, we do. And uh, we have just a minute before us, but I'd like to get this in on the same thought, though, that you even have devotions, though, on persecution. And sometimes we think that believers are exempt from persecution, but that's not necessarily the case, is it? No, we're not exempt from uh, persecution. Jesus said in John sixteen thirty three, 33, uh, you will face trouble in this world, uh, but don't worry because I have overcome it. But uh, no, just because we will miss the tribulation doesn't mean we'll miss persecution. If anything, just a casual reading of the New Testament confirmed that we will face persecution. The apostles face persecution. Mm -hmm. All the New Testament saints and the Church face persecution in uh, Scripture. We see that. And yet Christ carries us through that. Uh, he is our example in persecution. He endured it. Uh, he endured the cross, knowing what will come out on the other side the same way. We can endure persecution knowing what will come out on the other side. Our afflictions are light here on this earth. They're momentary. In eternity, all of that will be gone. Friends, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, before we do open phone lines, I'm going to uh, just ask our guests a few more questions, and uh, then we'll give you opportunity to ask questions as well. It's a wonderful devotional called One Day Nearer, Daily Devotions in Anticipation of Jesus' Glorious Return. We're to be looking for his return, are we not? Looking for that blessed hope. And uh, friends, this devotional really helps you do just that amidst all the troublesome circumstances of this world to keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus. Back in one minute, you're listening to Crosstalk on the VCY America Network. Entertainment has become the draw to build churches and youth groups. Meanwhile, sound biblical teaching has fallen off the cliff. To many, it's all about numbers and little about the Bible. Play the Flute, a powerful DVD, addresses this issue head on. Play the Flute tells the story of one youth leader who would not give up, who would not surrender to the apathy taking over his new youth group. The Lord Jesus is looking for followers who realize that they are sinners and need a Savior. These are his terms. And I can't change them. From Rich Cristiano comes Play the Flute, a powerful story on DVD available from VCY America for a donation of $18 or more. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829. 
This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Steve Miller, our guest today, author of the brand new release devotional, daily devotional entitled One Day Nearer. A few more questions I'd like to ask, and then friends will give you opportunity to ask as well. But uh, Steve, you've got devotionals on praying for those in authority. Does does that include for those who uh, are fanning the flames of wickedness? Yes, uh, that's a difficult one for us to swallow. But Scripture makes it clear in Romans 13 that it is God who appoints governing authorities. And we remember when Jesus came before Pilate, and Pilate asked him what is truth. In that encounter, Jesus made it clear to Pilate that the only reason he had authority over him was because God had placed him in that position. And as hard as it is for us to understand, all human authorities, Daniel 2.21 says that God raises up king. God brings them down, mm-hmm. and he has his purposes for using certain people in certain times. Yes, we live in a world that has fallen in sin, and so these leaders are imperfect, and they're unrighteous, and they do things that uh, are often in opposition to what we believe and uh, how we live. And yet Scripture calls us to pray for them, to lift them up to God. And I, I believe that uh, a couple reasons that God does that is, one, he wants us to have an empathy in our hearts and pray for their salvation. And uh, two, he wants us to live as examples. While we're citizens of heaven, we also need to leave, live well as citizens of earth and be an example to the people around us. And so we want to be praying for them. Steve, on page 79 in your book, you have a devotional on Bible verses to remember as evil grows worse. Number one, we know evil is going to get worse, but you believe we as believers can find hope and strength in the Word of God, even in such times. Yeah, these are some scripture passages that I pulled together to help encourage us. As evil gets worse, what can we be thinking about? Where can we find encouragement? Uh, the first one is Proverbs 15.3, which says, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. This tells us that God is aware of what's happening. He's not blind to the events taking place in the world. He's not blind to the persecution we face. He's not blind to the difficulties we encounter. He's fully aware. His eyes are everywhere. Uh, the second one is Psalm 145.20, which says, The Lord preserves all who love him but all the wicked he will destroy. And what this reminds us of is that God will protect the righteous and he will punish the wicked. For the term now, here on earth, uh, we may feel like the psalmist at times. We may feel like it's the wicked who prevail, it's the wicked who win, and we wonder about the righteous, why the righteous suffer. And yet God reminds us that in the end, it's all going to be made right. He will restore righteousness and the wicked will be punished. And then the third passage is Psalm 27.1, which says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And what that's telling us is that we have God's protection. And because he protects us, we can live with courage instead of fear. We live in fearful days, uh, We see Jewish people being threatened now with all of what's going on in the pro-Palestinian and pro-Hamas protests and riots around the world. Mm -hmm. And we know that there's going to come a time when persecution will get worse for Christians as well. But we have no reason to fear because we know that God protects us. And uh, so that helps us to live with courage instead of fear. So those are three passages that I put together to help us remember that ultimately righteousness will prevail, and that can give us hope. I'm going to have you look at page 123 in your book. Uh, By the way, friends, we're talking with Steve Miller, uh, author of the book One Day Nearer Daily Devotionals. On page 123, you point out that there are prophecy lessons from the ten plagues. What What are some lessons that we can learn from the plagues? What are those prophecy lessons? Well, this is interesting. I'm glad you bring up that question, because in Romans, in the book of Romans, the Apostle Paul tells us that everything that's written in the Old Testament is written for our instruction. Mm-hmm. And yes, there are prophecy lessons that we can learn from the ten plagues. And those lessons are these. 
One, the plagues fulfilled God's prophecy that he will curse those who curse Israel. Hmm. You remember back in Genesis 12, uh, verse 3, where God told Abraham, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. Meaning that God would have Israel's back. God would protect Israel. He would carry Israel through uh, uh, all its history. And the plagues against Egypt were a reminder that, yes, God does curse those who curse Israel. And another lesson is that the plague judgments are similar to those in the tribulation. We see striking parallels between what's happened in uh, Exodus and what it describes for us in the book of Revelation. And what that tells us is we see that the judgments of the future will be literal. They're not allegorical. There are people today who uh, try to spiritualize or say that uh, the things in the book of Revelation are symbols of what is to come. But no, there will be literal punishments someday ahead. And the same God who carried out the judgments of the uh, Exodus and the plague will be the same God who carries out the judgments of Revelation. Uh, the plague judgments also support the argument for a pre-tribulation rapture. Um, as we look at the plagues in Egypt, we are reminded that the Israelites were protected from them. They were uh, separated from them. God did not pour out the plagues on the Jewish people. They were protected. And in, in a similar way, we are not going to face the judgments or the plagues of the future or the tribulation of the book of Revelation. God will remove us from that. Uh, scripture tells us that we are not destined for his wrath. And then finally, the fulfilled prophecies about the plague uh, confirms God's sovereignty over people, nature, and nation. Mm. In the plagues, we see how God had control over all three of those areas of our earthly life. He had control over people. He was able to control what nature did. He was able to uh, control the outcome of what happened in Egypt. And uh, that control still applies today. God still controls what happens in people's lives. He still has control over nature. He still has control over nation. And ultimately, uh, as we see Bible prophecy revealed to us what the future holds, eventually there will be a day when all of mankind's kingdoms collapse, and they will be replaced by Christ's eternal kingdom, which will stand forever. Amen. Amen. And we can look forward to that day. Steve, uh, on page 195, and I'm jumping quite a bit into your book, you have a devotional on choosing conviction rather than compromise from Daniel chapter 3. This topic is quite important as we see much compromise happening in just many a church today and in the lives of many who who claim Christianity. Yes. This devotion harkens back to what happened in Daniel chapter 3, when Nebuchadnezzar built a statue in honor of himself, and he asked all the people of the kingdom of Babylon to worship the statue, in essence, worship him. And in the crowd were Daniel's three friends, and when the order was given for people to bow down to the statue, they refused to do it. They stood. And uh, so the king said, well, They need to be thrown into the fiery furnace, and they were. And a fourth figure appeared at the fiery furnace, which King Nebuchadnezzar described as a son of God, which was the pre-incarnate Christ who appeared with the three men uh, who refused to compromise, Daniel's three friends. But what's interesting about this is that we know that there were many other Jewish people who lived in Babylon at the time, and yet only three of them stood. What were the other Jewish people doing? They were probably bowing down to the statue, and it's a sad commentary on the reality that it's so easy for us to compromise because we want to uh, get out of a difficult dilemma. We don't want to face persecution, or we don't want to face uh, uh, being disliked by people or, you know, peer pressure. So um, this reminds us that compromise is fraught with... um, causing us to not honor God and to uh, fail to carry out what he calls us to do. Um, We don't want to compromise. We want to make the right choice. We need to apply a test. The test that I apply here is Galatians 1.10. Am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Mm. So when we fear God more than we fear people, then we will be convicted and we will prevail. 
But if we fear man more than we fear God, we will compromise, and we don't want that. Well, what excited you most as you wrote this book? There are so many devotionals I could go into, but what excited you the most as you wrote this book, One Day Nearer? Um, I think what excited me the most was the fact that Bible prophecy should be precious to us. It should be meaningful to us. Again, so many people think of prophecy as mysterious or difficult to understand or controversial, but it's not. And I'm just going to go ahead and list some of the reasons that Bible prophecy should be precious to us, why it should mean something to us, why it should be important to us. One is that every prophecy comes from God himself. Another is that prophecy informs us about who God is and how he works. Uh, another is that prophecy is part of God's Word. And Second Timothy three sixteen and 17 says that God's Word was given to us to make us complete and to equip us for every good work. And that includes Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy is a part of equipping us. Mm-hmm. Another is that Bible prophecy helps us to know more about Christ. It builds within us a deeper love and gratitude for Christ for all that he's done for us. Bible prophecy reminds us of God's promises to us, his faithfulness to us. Uh, it gives us blessing. It reminds us to be encouraging one another. Yeah. It uh, increases our compassion for the lost. It shines hope in a hopeless world, and it encourages us to have an internal perspective, which means all of this is saying that Bible prophecy is practical. It's very relevant to us. Just because it's about the future doesn't mean it's only about the future. As we look at Bible prophecy, we can say, hey, there are some valuable lessons I can be applying to my life today because of this. Friends, I'd like to open our phone lines here to Crosstalk. If you have a, a question or a brief comment for our guest today, Steve Miller, the number 1-800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. I do remind you that uh, this book, uh, Powerful Devotional, One Day Nearer, Daily Devotions in Anticipation of Jesus' Glorious Return, just over 380 pages, but very easy reading, one page at a time for each day, uh, devotional for every day of the year, being featured this month uh, at our VCY bookstore, normally nineteen ninety nine, but through November 30th, our bookstore, and that's 2023, through November 30th, our bookstore is offering this book at 50% off, just nine ninety nine plus any applicable tax or shipping, and uh, you can obtain it by going to vcy.com, vcy.com, or by calling one eight one triple eight seven two two. Four eight two nine. That's one triple eight seven two two forty eight twenty nine. And uh, if you have a question or a brief comment you'd like to share with our guest today, uh, our phone number to cross talk eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. That's one eight hundred seven three three nine eight two nine. Taking your calls uh, here at Crosstalk, but indeed, friends, the absolute certainty of Christ's return is proclaimed all throughout the Bible, not just in the book of Revelation, and that's something this devotional points out as well. God has given us many prophecies about this wonderful event to fill us with hope. And one thing that you'll have as you go through this devotional day by day is to have hope. We're going to take a quick break. We'll come back to your phone calls here on Crosstalk, the number 800-733-9829. So stay with us, and uh, don't get that confused with the bookstore. That number is one 722 4829 or at vcy.com. And friends, as you think about uh, just being an encouragement to others uh, in these dark, troublesome times, it's a devotional that will fill with encouragement as you go through it day by day. VCY.com or one 722 Back in one minute, you're listening to Crosstalk. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. UNRWA, which is a United Nations program, is in Gaza. And there has been a detailed report put out by Impact SE. And what it reveals is that the United Nations is funding supplementary curriculum in the Gaza to train young people to become martyrs, to be involved in jihad, to hate the Jews. Sadly, America, well, we're the ones that host the United Nations in New York. And we pay an awful lot of money to the United Nations. So indirectly, we, the American taxpayers, and as Christians, are paying and helping pay for curriculum in Gaza by the UN to train and create more Islamic jihadists. 
It's time the Americans demand the United Nations be kicked out of America. Steve Miller, our guest here today on Crosstalk, the book One Day Nearer, 365 Days of Keeping Watch and Finding Hope. Let's go right to the phone lines here today on Crosstalk from Richland, Washington. We have Brian calling. Hi, Brian. You're on the air. Hi. Is there anybody that I can talk to? And I don't mean through emails. I mean, actually on the phone about this, about the rapture and whatnot, because it's really confusing. I'm really confused, and I just need some help. Is is there any possible way that I can talk to somebody about this? Because I've read a lot of the books. You know, in the books I uh, who you could talk to on the phone. I'm not aware of uh, a ministry that might talk in person about it. But I will say, if you're looking for a resource that's helpful on the rapture, I think one of my top recommendations would be a book by Ron Rhodes titled "The End Times in Chronological Order." Ron Rose has a lot of very good information in there about the rapture and where it fits in uh, God's plan for the ages and in the future. And then you, let me say this, Brian, if you want to, I can put you on hold, leave your phone number, and we'll seek to connect you with a local pastor there in Richland, Washington. Oh, that would be great. That would be wonderful. Okay. Let me just put you on hold here, and uh, we'll pick up your number, okay? Oh, great. Thank you so much. Great. Stand by. Okay, and uh, we'll get uh, his number there. Let's go to New Jersey, and we have uh, Melissa calling from New Jersey. You're on the air. Great. That would be wonderful. Melissa, go ahead. You're on the air. Hi. I just wanted to say how much I love this radio station, and it really inspired me to take God's Word every day, and I really love this radio station. Thank you. Oh, great. Thank you for listening. Yeah, Uh, I think... I was going to say, I think it's great that VCY is doing what it is. Hmm. Uh, Mark is next in Monroe, Wisconsin. You're on the air. Yeah, um, I'm kind of jumping over at least 107 years here. But uh, I'm more excited about uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 20, 26, when uh, God delivers the kingdom to God the Father, because he must reign until he puts all enemies under his feet. And... uh, then we go into the eternal state, and uh, again, the last enemy that will be destroyed is death. And in my opinion, I can't think of anything that's more uh, exciting than that. Mm. Thank you, Mark. Uh, any comments, Steve? It is. I agree. One of the neat things about Bible prophecy is it reminds us that everything that derailed this world, every evil intent that Satan has had, will be dealt with and it'll be finished, and it will be passed away. And Revelation 21.4 talks about how every tear will be wiped from our eyes. Hmm. And yes, death will be defeated. Satan will be defeated forever. Amen. And let's go next to David in Milwaukee. David, you're on the air. Hello, gentlemen. Two quick questions. When does God's wrath begin? And when are the Old Testament saints resurrected? Okay, thank you. Okay, on God's wrath, God's wrath begins starting at the beginning of the tribulation. When we look at Revelation chapter 6, we see the seven-sealed scroll being opened from the start of the tribulation. The first seal that's opened, the Antichrist comes and he brings a false peace to the earth. He promises peace. Uh, The scriptures describe him as coming on a white horse with a bow but no arrows. And the fact he has no arrows is an indicator that he's going to promise peace. But then the very next horse that comes will bring war to the world and destruction, and the nations will fight one another. So the peace that the Antichrist promises will not last. And from the second seal onward, we see God's wrath being poured out. So God's wrath will be poured out all through the tribulation. And then uh, the second question uh, about the saints, the Old Testament saints, yes, in Daniel chapter 12, the beginning of the chapter, it talks about how there will be a resurrection uh, of the uh, Old Testament saints. And the passage isn't real uh, vivid on what it says, but that passage is taken as describing the resurrection of the Old Testament saints. The reason we know that the Old Testament saints are raised at a different time is because when Paul talked about 
the rapture in First Thessalonians 4, he talked about the rapture applying only to church-age believers, which is the clue that the Old Testament saints will be resurrected after the tribulation, and they will be present with us in the millennium. Okay, thank you for that. We're going to squeeze one last call in. This is Jean in Glasgow, Kentucky. You're on the air. Yes, they were um, uh, mentioning the rapture, and the uh, early Reformers thought that uh, the Antichrist was the Catholic Church. And if you'll do some research, uh, Roberto is a priest, and he formed the rapture theory because they wouldn't take their eyes off the Catholic Church. And Amazing Facts has some really good material on the rapture, so that's a good website for that man who called earlier. Okay, well, Steve, I'm guessing you would take issue with what our well, caller just I'll said. I'll say this. Mm-hmm. The Reformers lived in a day when there was not a lot of understanding about Bible prophecy. What's interesting is, you'll remember in the book of Daniel, at near the end of the book of Daniel, God told Daniel to seal these words, and their meaning will be revealed for a later day. And the Reformers lived in a time where salvation itself was such a controversial issue, whether people... Uh, believed in the works that were being promoted by the Catholic Church, or whether they believed in salvation in Christ alone, by faith alone, that was enough to put you to death if you believed the wrong thing. So the Reformers were so focused on salvation issues, and things had not developed in the world to the point where Bible prophecy makes as much sense as it does now. We live in a day where now we can look at Bible prophecy and we can say we have a much clearer understanding of it. So... Scripture makes it clear that the final religion of the world be a religion of the Antichrist. It'll be a religion that worships the Antichrist, which is why the Antichrist will go into the temple and desecrate it, and he demands that the world worship him. So the final world religion will be a religion that worships the Antichrist. Thank you for the call. We are out of time. Uh, our guest here today, Steve Miller, and again, has put together daily devotions, so called One Day Nearer, one page for each day of the year with scripture and devotional thought. And uh, it is uh, in anticipation of the Lord's return, keeping watch and finding hope. Our bookstore has it reduced by one half off uh, through this month of November only. Uh, You can take advantage of it at vcy.com, vcy.com, or by reaching out to the bookstore, one 4829 Steve, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. I felt like it went so fast. I hope my answers were... You, you did very well. Thank you so much, Steve. And just oh, stay Thank on, you very much. I appreciate it. It was an honor to be with your audience. Great. And just stay on the line for a moment, if you will. Uh, Steve Miller, our guest here today, the book again, One Day Nearer. And uh, again, something to fill us with hope. It is a blessed hope. It is an assured hope that we have from scriptures as we keep our eyes focused on him. Again, the bookstore is vcy.com or one 722 4829. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.